Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. Today, I'm going to talk about what you can do with a bachelor's in social work. This is a hot topic because a lot of us get our bachelor's, and now we're like, what the heck do we do? It feels like we don't qualify for anything. So I'm going to give you some tidbits and share with you about what I did. But first, if you don't know who I am, that would be helpful. (laughs) My name is Catherine, and I am the host of the Social Workers Rise podcast. I am a mental health therapist, a social worker, a podcaster, a professional mental health speaker, and this year, drumroll, a author. So I'll be having a book that I co-authored coming out February. And this is really exciting because it's where I get to share my personal stories around overcoming trauma, uh, natural disasters, and overall people just telling me that I'm not likely to make it. Just haters that are telling me, you have, your dreams are way too big, Catherine. You need to just simmer down and just be happy like the rest of us. And the rest of them weren't happy, by the way. But I share about what I have overcome and the three pillars that I've had in my life that you probably also have in yours that are really going to be vital for you to overcome those odds, for you to say no to those haters, and for you to actually succeed, to be that top percentage of people who overcome and succeed. So I'm really excited about this. We're going to be diving deeper into this topic as the weeks come up on the podcast. And speaking of the podcast structure, we're doing something a little bit different this year. And I'm taking it week by week because this is essentially doubling my workload, but I think it'll be worth it. And I hope that you stick with me through it because I surveyed my audience in December of 2023. And I asked you all, what's going on? What are your goals for 2024? What do you hope to accomplish? What are the challenges to these goals? And overwhelmingly, you all told me that you feel financially strapped, that finances and getting a new job is at the top of your list. Right behind that is self-care and finding balance. And what you need most includes clinical skills. And you love hearing interviews from social workers here on the podcast. So while I also love hearing the interviews too, I'm adding in a short episode on Thursdays. I'm calling it Clinical Thursdays, where I'm breaking down clinical modalities and you know, just making them easy to digest. These are essentially little snippets from the full course of the clinical essentials for the future therapist. This is a course that I have developed with a colleague of mine that goes over all of these foundational skills that you need as a clinical social worker, including assessment, psychosocial assessments. How do we do those? 
We need to make sure that we're covering everything. How do we do proper documentation so that if we're summoned to court, we're not like, oh my gosh, my documentation sucks because I've never actually been trained on it. And so many more topics. So if that interests you, you can go right now to the full course. You don't have to wait for a whole year for me to share little snippets from the course. You can just go right now and just hop right into it. Uh, So that is what we are doing. And that is what we have coming up for this year in 2024. I'm really excited and I hope that you are too. So let's hop right into this, all right? First, it's really important to just acknowledge that when you have your bachelor's in social work, jobs are going to be limited. And chances are the jobs you apply for are not going to be called, quote, social worker, right? They're going to have different titles. And we're going to talk about this too. So when I graduated with my bachelor's in social work, it was back in 2009. Yeah, a long time ago. And I don't know if you remember what was happening in 2009, but essentially the economic crash happened and all of these nonprofits and all of these human services organizations were either getting shut down or major layoffs. And it was... It was really freaking hard (laughs) to get hired anywhere when you're competing with these other social workers who have a license. And here I am with my bachelor's degree, like, hey, hire me, right? It didn't didn't work so well. And there's things that I wish I knew back then that I know now that will definitely, definitely help you going forward. So if this is you and you have your bachelor's in social work and you're having a hard time finding a job, just know that. I feel you. I have been there too. And what I ended up doing, what ended up happening is I graduated in May with my bachelor's and I was applying to social work jobs. Oh my God. I can't even tell you how, how many jobs I applied for, but it wasn't until February or March of the next year that I actually got an interview and I actually got hired. So just keep doing it. Keep submitting those applications. Keep going in for the interviews. If you need more support, there are job coaches out there that will specifically help you with the wording so that you get more interviews. You can beef up your LinkedIn account so that you can really establish yourself as an expert in social work, right? Um, Let me know. I do that kind of coaching. And especially if you want to get into medical social work, medical social work is my jam. So if that is what you are after, definitely, definitely hit me up and we can talk. So let's first start from the beginning. If you don't know what a bachelor's of social work degree is, I'm going to break it down for you, right? First, this is going to be four years, typically, of full-time study to get your bachelor's in social work, and you're going to be getting a pretty general education. It's going to be focused on a lot of advocacy, field work, not so much clinical, but a lot of the social issues that we're going to be looking at. When I decided to get my BSW, I was deciding between that and my sociology degree. And the way that I looked at it, and sociology people are going to like hate me for this, but it's my podcast. So Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. Have your clients had a hard time finding a therapist through their health plan? 
The National Union of Healthcare Workers is the nation's largest union of private sector behavioral healthcare providers and a leader in the fight for mental health parity. This year, NUHW is working with allies to ensure that health plans maintain accurate, up-to-date listings of in-network providers. By eliminating so-called ghost networks, we can ensure that patients get timely access to care by finding mental health providers who are actually available and covered by their plan. Learn more at nuhw.org networks. The next time you need continuing education units, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. When I started this podcast, I reached out to the founder, Amanda Rowan, to see if she was interested in being a sponsor, and she jumped at the chance to support her fellow social worker. TDC has helped more than 100,000 social workers pass their licensing exam, including myself. I love that TDC CE courses are engaging and relevant. Amanda and her experts give us clear and practical clinical skills that we can immediately apply to our work. Some of my favorites are the Edge of Life Suicide Prevention course, where Amanda shares her personal experiences and their They Did What Law and Ethics course that looks at real cases where therapists face formal disciplinary actions. They also have a great telehealth course. We are legally required to take continuing education to increase our competence, and most other courses out there don't actually teach the material in a way that we can learn it, but TDC does. You can also check out the links in the show notes. When I saw the differences between social work and sociology, I said, okay, so sociology is kind of like looking at a fish tank from the outside, studying it, taking notes of the water temperature and when fish die and when they thrive, blah, blah, blah. But social work is actually putting on your breathing tank, your oxygen tank, and getting in there with the fish. And so you know the the surroundings, right? Like you have the sociology understanding of the systems and the water and the temperature and all these things, but you're actually in there doing the work with the fish. You're in there doing the empathy, like, wow, it is really freaking cold in here, right? <laughs> so that was the difference that I kind of internalized for myself of why I wanted a bachelor's in social work, because I wanted to learn about the social problems, but I wanted to do more than just know about it. I want to be able to fix it. I wanted those tools, those interventions that can really truly help people, right? So that was my goal. And if you are in this field of social work, you are in a growing field. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics says that social work is projected to grow faster than other industries at a rate of 7% from now until 2032. So for the next good amount of years, we're going to be growing and there's going to be 63,000 openings for social workers each year on average, right? And let's talk about the salary. So I was doing some research on the salary for social work and specifically focusing around bachelor's level social work, because that's what we're talking about today. The salary for bachelor's level social workers are so skewed and not very well documented because 
on the Bureau of Labor and Statistics website, they give you the median salary, which is for all social workers, right? With the bachelor's all the way up to a license and a doctorate degree. So with that said, the median wage for social workers is a little over 55000 in May of 2022, right? Um, and then there's another website called Payscale, and they said that graduates with a bachelor's in social work make approximately 56000 per year. So you're looking at the 50s here with the bachelor's in social work. You can make more if you know how to work yourself right, market yourself, you know, meet the right people, network, and it's very easy to make less, which is why we get such, we have such a bad reputation. And there is a bad, toxic culture of underpaying social workers for the value that we bring. So that is it, just kind of an overview of the salary here and what you can expect. Here is the juicy stuff. So there's some jobs. And I'll kind of go over some lists of jobs. But I really like stories here. I feel like stories are way more entertaining than what than me reading a list off to you. So I'm going to put a link to this list. Or you know what I'm going to do? Join the Friday resource email list. And I'm going to send this out to my email list on the Friday after that this episode is released, which is going to be on Sorry, please hold for a moment. So on January 19th, I'm going to send out the jobs for the bachelors in social work that you can get the full list that I have here. So make sure to join the website or the email list if you want that full list. So just quickly, the jobs are also going to depend on where you're located and the laws in your state. For example, I saw on the internet that a school social worker can have a bachelor's in social work. Where I'm located in California in the United States, that is not the case. You have to be licensed with an extra credential to be a school social worker. So again, this depends on your locations and your state. So look into these. This episode is meant to inspire your creativity for the different types of jobs and agencies that you can look into and that you can apply for. So just kind of overview the big ones, case manager, child welfare, adult protection services, care worker, case worker, community outreach worker, let's see, employment services specialist, program assistant. I'll tell you what I did. So through my bachelor's program, I was a resident service coordinator. And what this person does is they typically work on site in some sort of setting, whether it's a shelter or a group home or some place that people live. So my particular setting was I worked in two with this company. So I worked in a senior, an affordable senior housing facility. And then I also worked in affordable family housing facility where in these different places, working with older adults and working with children, I oversaw the residential program that included a holistic approach, right? So exercise. We had an after-school program. For the seniors, we would do 
uh, socialization and engagement and a community garden. So all of these different things in one place. I like the resident service coordinator position because it was a very good mix of micro working individually one-on-one with the people and the children and the parents and also mezzo working as a community. So holding community meetings, you know, thinking about policy development for my center, right? The rules around that. And then also macro, because it was important that I understood the laws governing affordable housing and the laws that are coming that are impacting the quality of life for my residents, right? So it was a really good mix of the micro, macro, mezzo. Uh, next, uh, you could, there's the activities director. So I knew a colleague of mine who did this for a very, very long time. And this is really big at facilities. So rehabilitation centers, um, specialized schools, maybe people that need uh, care and they're living someplace. So this is where you're able to just run the activities and workshops and entertainment that bring your clients joy and benefit them in some sort of psychosocial way, right? Um, The other one is the health educator. I did this for a while also as I was getting my bachelor's degree where my local food bank had a program specifically geared towards helping low-income Latinos eat healthier, right? So we're giving out this food. They're getting their, their food stamps. And it's important that we're trying to give them the resources that they need to make healthier decisions. We would hand out cookbooks. We would go to the local grocery stores and community centers and do food demonstrations there. So this one was very mezzo focused because it was a lot of community talk, working with community leaders, organizing different events. But there was some micro going on as well, where we're working individually. We're talking directly with clients. We're helping them, listening to them, things like that. So I hope this overview was helpful. This is not a comprehensive list because jobs as social workers are growing every single day. And I learn about new jobs every single day. But hopefully this can give you a starting point to jobs to look for when you have your your bachelor's in social work. So with that said, if this has helped you, please, please, please go ahead and share this with your colleague or your friend, because we are not about gatekeeping of information around here. We want to share the resources, share the knowledge, especially if they are having a hard time just looking and applying for jobs and they're kind of lost as to what kind of job titles to do, then this may be the hope that they need. So please go ahead and text this to a friend. Uh, With that said, all the links that I mentioned are in the show notes. And on Thursday, we're going to be talking again, a follow-up about doing assessments with your clients and the importance that even one visit can have on the life of your clients. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. 
first, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse Basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching, individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.